everybody. It is time for Apollos Watered, a podcast to saturate your faith with the things of God so that you might saturate your world with the good news of Jesus Christ. And today on our show, we have one of your favorite subjects, another episode of... Cross-culturing, specifically dealing with cross-culturing whenever it comes to ceremonies and traditions. Ceremonies and tradition communicate meaning. And if you are to build a relationship with someone from a different ethnic background, it could be at your workplace, it could be at your gym, it could be with that family at at the the school that your child attends, it could be anywhere. And if you want to really build a relationship, then that means getting down into other people's lives. And we can't expect people to always adjust to us. We need to be able to create a bridge that we can cross so that we can become the people that God wants us to be. If that means reaching out so that they might come to know Jesus, or if they already know Jesus, it means going deeper in that relationship. Oftentimes we say, oh, they're Christian, they're good, they don't need this type of relationship, and I don't need the hassle. Not so. We need to be the people that God wants us to be, because Jesus said very clearly when he prayed his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, I pray, Father, that they may be one as we are one, so that the world may know that you sent me. This type of unity has to be worked at. And what better displays the glory of God and his love for the world than when people come together and dwell in unity? People look at that and they go, what? What would possess people that are so different from so many different backgrounds to come together and get along? That's just the power of the cross. That's just the power of God at work. And we cannot take that for granted. Instead, we have to learn how to navigate these different cultural waters. How do we build relationships with people from different cultures? We've talked about food. We've talked about time. And today we're going to be talking about ceremonies and and traditions. Whenever we talk about ceremonies and traditions, however, we need to keep some things in mind. There are some ceremonies and traditions that are very religious in nature, and it depends upon what the ceremony or tradition is on whether or not we participate in it, because God calls us to be separate from the world and not to join into something that is against his word. We need to keep that in mind at the forefront. However, there there are many different gray areas when it comes to traditions or ceremonies that are non-religious in nature. Let's say, for example, that we have someone who is a Christian but is from a different country than we are from. And we want to do something together, which is exactly what happened in our church. Our church was located in Aurora, Illinois. It's a multi-ethnic church with people from all different kinds of ethnic backgrounds from all over the world. We had a young couple move into the area and come to our church, and the young woman was ready to have a baby. The ladies of our church wanted to embrace her, even though she didn't speak English very well. They wanted to throw her a baby shower and wanted to simply shower her with gifts. She hadn't been in the U.S. very long. She didn't have very much economically at that time because she'd been newly positioned or brought to the state of Illinois, specifically the United States. So she didn't have a whole lot, and they wanted to make sure that she had the resources that she needed to take care of her baby. And they 
invited the ladies of the church to come to it, and they asked her for some names of friends or family that may want to participate. They were surprised when the day came, and the young woman only had two other ladies with her, and neither one of them were family members. They were friends, and neither of them spoke English very well. The ladies took it in stride, and they had food, and they had games, and then when it came time to the presence, the African women that were with her looked at them with a little bit of bewilderment and confusion. The ladies shook it off, although they did feel a little bit awkward, and managed to get through it, and the young woman was extremely grateful for every item that she received. That was the end of it, or so we thought. A few weeks went by, and her beautiful baby girl was born. Several more weeks went by, and I received a text from the father asking me to come over for an open house. So my family and I had been out shopping that Saturday and decided to just stop by whenever we had the opportunity and some freedom in the schedule. So we stopped by, pulled up to the apartment, and see that there are people everywhere. It is standing room only. Everybody's got a soda for some reason or another, because that's what you get when you celebrate in Africa. So we didn't really know what we were getting into. This seemed a lot bigger than an open house. I quickly was escorted from the kitchen into, or the back door, into the living room. When I got into the living room, my wife was pulled away from me, but from some of the older African women that were there. And I look around the room and I see this young couple sitting and I see these other dressed African men. I mean, they are in suits and ties there looking at me, wondering why I'm wearing jeans and a sweatshirt while Everybody else is dressed really well. I learned that there was a religious ceremony going on, and I had not got the memo. I thought this was just an open house, and I was being asked to preach for a moment or bless this child and then pray for the child. I learned several years ago that as a pastor, you need to be ready to do three things, preach, pray, or die at any given time, and I was ready to go. I, I was flexible, so I asked for a Bible and turned to the passage that God had spoken to me about that morning, and then I prayed for this child. But my wife was nowhere to be seen until I finished the prayer, and I looked up, and I hear this, I'm like, what is going on? And I see my wife come in, and she's now wearing an African garb, and they are, my wife, along with several other African women, are forming a circle with their hands in the air, and the baby is on top of their hands, and they're bouncing the baby. My wife is looking at me going, I don't know what's going on. I'm just going with the flow. I smile. And what these African women were doing was blessing this child and the mother. And as soon as they were done celebrating, they took the baby and they placed it on the mother's back, and then they wrapped the baby. Many African women carry their babies on their backs, and this was to show that she is now ready to resume her life, to go back to work, as it were. Needless to say, when everything was said and done, we got back in our car, and we all looked at each other. What just happened? We had no idea what to think or what to do, but we were glad for having been part of the experience. What we had failed to learn was that in African tradition, because of the lack of medical resources and the high infant mortality rate, they wouldn't have baby showers until after the baby 
was born. In our culture, we had many of those different things, therefore we could have baby showers. And many of these African women even interpreted the idea of having a baby shower before as possibly presumptuous or a bad omen. We had no idea of what we were doing or participating in, but this baby was fine, and God blessed this child, and she is a beautiful baby today. It taught us a valuable lesson, though. Whenever we're talking about ceremonies and traditions, and here's some takeaways for today's episode. Number one, we all have traditions and ceremonies. And while some are definitely religious in nature, and that's for a future episode, Most of them fall into a rather gray area. They're not right or wrong. They just are. However, they do communicate meaning about our shared history, beliefs, and life experiences, or even worldviews, how we see the world. And when we can understand that, it helps us to adjust accordingly. We can't always expect people to adjust to our culture, especially in America, We think that our culture might be the best. It simply may be a different way of doing things. And even then, which American culture? We are a culture of immigrants. Some of us have heritage that's German, Scottish, African, Venezuelan, Malaysian, Chinese. I mean, we are a culture of immigrants everywhere. And we can't think that our culture is better than another or that our ceremony or our tradition is the way to go and how we do it is the right way. We cannot think like that. And again, this is different than a religious ceremony or tradition, but this is simply a way of viewing life and how it's done. Number two takeaway is this. We all have expectations of those around us. We have to learn to temper them and learn to adjust. As Christians, God calls us to build bridges to different cultures than our own. First of all, it's so that we might share Christ with them. The second reason involves us building a bridge to a different culture when they already may be Christian, not so that they may know Jesus, but so that the name of Jesus might be glorified and that other people might see Jesus and be drawn to him because of that. In John chapter 17, that is popularly known as Jesus' high priestly prayer, he says, Father, I pray that they may be one as we are one, so that the world may know you sent me. It's for the purpose of evangelism. Not necessarily to that person, but to other people around. Whenever we build relationships with different people or people that are different than ourselves, we do so first, as I said before, that they might know Jesus. But if they already do know Jesus, our relationship then serves to evangelize other people. And so by learning to build a bridge and crossing it to them, we find that they may cross over then to us because we have taken the time to learn their culture, then they want to learn ours. And that's how relationships and friendships develop and deepen. They don't happen by accident. They happen in the everyday realities of life. I want to hear about your cultural experiences. What are your religious traditions? 
What are your experiences of having people come into your specific, not just religious tradition, but tradition or ceremony when someone came in that was from a different culture? How did they receive it? How did they act? What are your stories? What about when you went into a different culture and went to their ceremonies or traditions? It could be babies. It could be a wedding. It could be a funeral. We want to hear about it. Go to our Facebook page and fill it out. We'll have questions that are there for you. And we want to hear from you. And if it's a really good one, we want to share it on the air. So please go do that as soon as you have opportunity. And please subscribe to this podcast. We would be honored if you did. And if you rate this, please rate it well so that it might become much more prevalent and that others who need to hear this might find it easier. Also, share it with other people and pray for us that God might continue to help us help you water your world. This is Travis Michael Fleming signing off from Apollos Watered. Stay watered, everybody. Stay watered, everybody.